Golden West Radio now brings you the Lawn and Garden Journal. Get your questions ready. Our toll-free line is open at 1-800-374-3315. Now, here's your host, Carla Hersina from St. Mary's Nursery and Garden Center. Good morning, everyone. August 27th. How did this happen? We're almost through August, I have to say. And there is a little excitement in the air because September is just around the corner. It's a new season. It's new beginnings. It's a welcoming of a new beginning, too. Where our gardens are beautiful. We take pride in what we have created and made this beautiful space. And you enjoy it with friends, family, and neighbors. Yes, as they walk by your place or drive by, they see the beauty that you've created. So take pause. Give yourself a little bit of a pat on the back of the shoulder for all the what you've done and created. And from fruits, vegetables, perennials, trees and shrubs. Yes, they've had a little bit of their struggles, maybe with some weather and little powdery mildews that are happening. But see the beauty inside. Because inside my garden gate, I see beauty too. And hence the poem, Inside My Garden Gate. How I love my little garden, where I sit and contemplate my perfect piece of paradise inside my garden gate. Hanging baskets, pretty pots, the flowers are brimming over, the grass so green, the buttercups, the daisies, and the clover. Honeysuckle and jasmine giving off its sweet perfume. Pretty lilies open wide. Rose bushes in full bloom. In summer they stand tall and proud as the buds turn into flowers. I sit and watch as they all flourish and while away the hours. I see the little fledglings nesting high up in the trees. Bees in and out the bushes with their variegated leaves where they gather all the pollen, then soar into the sky. They're heading home at speed, returning to the hive. The melody of the wind chimes as they twinkle in the breeze, interwoven with gossamer cobwebs. At night, the spider weaves. The sunshine sparkles on the pond where the water lilies grow, golden fish and tadpoles swimming safely down below. It's also very peaceful, relaxing in the sun, where butterflies flutter by having so much fun. The sun goes down and darkness falls. The moon is big and bold, where all that live in the garden have a story to be told. The little gnomes are watching, the pixies and the sprites, dancing by the wishing well, aglow with their fairy lights. I can sit here contemplating until it's very late in this magical piece of paradise just inside my garden gate. You're listening to the Lawn and Garden Journal. The lines are open, 1-800-374-3315. If you want to give us a shout, this is the new beginning of a new season because we call it in our industry second gardening season. Yes, the fingers get tickling again because we want to be able to Start thinking about the next planting season, what we want to do, where we have the tasks. 
And it's easy to think of that because the temperatures are now getting a little bit cooler. Makes work a little bit and getting tasks done a little bit easier. We have a caller right on the line. Betty is there. Hi, Betty. How can we help you this morning? Hello, Betty. Oh, do we still have Betty on the line? Oh, maybe she'll call right back. The phone just dropped. Betty, if you're there, give us a shout back and we'll get you right back on the line. Like I said, fall. It's the new beginning. Yes, the kids are going back to school. They're getting prepared for it. We're seeing a lot of the um, kids coming back with grandma and grandpa. It's the time that they're back into season. And it, I love, and I have to say, I love it when we see that the grandchildren are coming in with their parent, grandparents to a garden center. We are silently teaching them the horticulture by bringing them into an area where their plants are growing. And you can see little ones looking and wondering. And I love seeing that they're running through the plants because they, they're opening their eyes to what growth is all about. Yes, that is teaching grandpa and grandma. That is teaching and educating children and experiencing. Well, Betty is back on the line. Hello, Betty. How are you? Oh, not too bad. Where are you calling from this morning? Uh, McGregor. McGregor. Yeah. Well, hello and good morning to everyone in McGregor. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah, how can we help you this morning on the Lawn and Garden Journal? Well, I've got some wave petunias here, and they, they're all the same color when I planted them. Yeah. And they are deep, deep uh, pink, and now some of the plants are turning pink. What causes that? Well, if um, plants themselves, sometimes heat will play uh, that factor, or even at some point, too, flowers will fade when they first open up. Um, now, here's a question. Are they opening up right away dark pink and then going to a light pink? Uh, no. They, no, they don't know. It's just all they come up uh, bloom pink. Okay. Like the, one they... planted, the one plant is, uh, I have two plants in each pot. Yeah. And the one plant, most of them are pink by now. And the other one is just starting to do that. No, they, uh, they come out. No, they don't turn pink after they opened up. So what color? What color were they originally? Uh, well, it's a, a deep, what kind of a scarlet color, and now the ones that are coming up are uh, light pink. Oh, well, sometimes soils and fertilizers will sometimes play factors on color tones that are in there. Uh, sometimes even uh, moisture content. If we're finding that things are a little bit too wet at certain periods of time, that will sometimes play factors that are on there. Um, and if it was opening up, if it was starting off as that true color and then fading, I would say that's natural age effect or even sun bleaching will cause plants to change in color on that too. Um, you've picked my curiosity, but if it's none of those, it could be factored. Now, are they in containers or are they in the yes, ground? in containers, and we've in had quite a lot of rain here, and so whenever it rains, they, the pots get kind of... If they have rains and they've been getting waterlogged, I think. But yeah, yeah, we're finding that there's a lot of plants in some instances, and uh, when we investigate on some of them, we find that uh, some pots have not had proper drainage. So when we think that they need moisture on the top, they're holding that moisture longer. So that could play a factor on some of those situations as well. Um, I'd be curious. So you have proper drainage in your pots? Well, yeah, they can. Uh, it's the pots that have the, the holes in the bottom and. Sure, sure. Yeah. And have you? Are you growing in a grower's mix, or are you in um, like a garden soil? Uh, kind of garden soil. 
Garden soil? Yeah. yeah. I would probably suspect that it's, um, it could be that heat stress or moisture content that's in playing the factor that's there. Because okay. the only other way that's uh, in there, um, I don't know which variety of wave that you've got, but sometimes um, I don't think it would be a reversion that's on there because the wave petunias are pretty good with their holding their color. They will fade with, you know, with age a little bit. Mm, no, on there. not the other flowers aren't, aren't. No, and I've had this, this kind before, and it has never happened to me before. So, oh, well, you know what? Do you have a way that you could take pictures today and send pictures to um, the website here? Okay. Yeah, I have, yeah. A, I have a camera that I could take pictures with. Yeah, send some pictures and. Um, Sasha will give you the uh, email here. It's the Lawn and Garden Journal at goldenwest.ca. And um, if you send the pictures, it'll... And give a close-up of and of the whole container. Now, here's a question. What does the foliage look like? Well, the foliage looks good, except the one plant this morning, it, it, I don't know, it kind of looks like it's uh, dying off, but I, I'm not sure what's happening with that then. But, uh. Okay. Um if it's dying off, then it there could it could be part of that. If it's getting brown and brittle, and the leaves are going yellow and chlorotic, that's on there. That sometimes, um, if we have too much water, that sometimes is an indicator too. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay, I'm looking thanks. forward to seeing those pictures. Okay. Okay. Yep. Okay. Thank you for calling, Betty. Okay, yeah. Bye bye. We are on the Lawn and Garden Journal, and it's gardening time again. The kids are going back to school, and guess what? We're going back to the garden. We're going to go right back to the lines, too. Patricia is waiting. Hi. Good morning, Patricia. Good morning. I Good. was wondering, in the when the fall comes, what do I do with my day lilies? And I have a, another f- grass fern. Do I cut them off? Okay, let's start with your day lilies. Um, yeah. In the garden, are they starting to turn yellow already on the foliage that's on there? No, no, no. no. Okay, all right. Um, on my jaunts out and about, I'm starting to see in some locations, there's a scenario that uh, we are entering into late August, so uh, dormancy patterns are starting. I hate to say that word, but it is. Um, yes, I know. Yeah, <laughs> it's coming. We have to prepare for it. We have to welcome it. And um, in some instances, Patricia, I've seen some daylilies already starting to turn a little bit more yellow on the foliages. So I know that, you know, it depends on if you're in full sun or shady or when they first woke up, their time frame's in there. So when you start to see the foliage of your daylilies starting to yellow and uh, die back quite a bit, you are then opted to uh, trim them down. And some people have two trains of thought. Do I clean up in the fall or do I wait in the spring? There's two scenarios. One is I do a little bit of work in the fall, then I have less tasks to do for when I am able to do my spring plantings the next year. Um, the other thought is if you leave your daylily foliage up around uh, the plant where the roots are, the excess foliage will help to trap that snow that's in there, but it's going to trap other things as well. So. You can either A, leave the foliage up and do the work in the spring, or B, wait till the foliage has yellowed off completely because a lot of plants get energy from the, the greenery that goes back into the rooting systems of those plants. And if you want to clean it up, I love leaving like a five, six inch tuft 
of foliage above the rooting system. So A, it will help to catch some of that snow for overwintering. And B, it's a clear indication of where the plants are. And C, we never want to cut really far into the soil to remove it down at the bottom because there's a lot of emergence of new eyes for the next season's growth that are already sort of maybe cresting in that foliage right there. So um, it depends on if you want to flip the coin and say, I want to do the work now or in the spring. Okay? Okay, very good. All right. I have another plant, another grass plant, uh, and I forget the name of it right now, but it's, it's, uh, the leaves are kind of red. Okay, is it a grass where you see blades of grass, uh, grass and it's got the plume, the sort of a purpley pl- plume on the top? Yes. Okay, that one there is an ornament. I think what you have there is um, in the Penicetum uh, family, which is purple fountain grass. That yes. one, That one is sold as an annual in our area. That is not winter hardy. If it is the purple fountain grass, it's not winter hardy here. So... You can, I would say, leave it as a fall decor and have that as an accent for fall and then winter interest for your grasses going forward. Now, do you have that in a pot or is that planted in the ground? Okay. Is it in the planted in a container or is it planted in the ground? It's planted in the ground and I bought it as a perennial through Costco. Oh, okay. Um, check and see because a if it's if there's a way that you can get me a picture, I can identify it that way. But if it's if it's Penicetum rubrum, do you have the tag still? Yeah, but I can't okay. read it. Oh, okay. Well, maybe when you have somebody over to um, uh, that can take a peek at it. If it says it's Penicetum rubrum, um, it is considered an annual, but. In defense of their the tags that are on there, a lot of the marketing tags in the horticulture industry will be based for North America. So when you look at it, it will say maybe perennial, but generally on the back side or the flip side, it will tell you the hardiness zone that it's actually a perennial in. So it may be a perennial in zone 7, 8, which is maybe Arizona, but... We are zoned, clearly zone three. Uh, so that plant, if it is truly the Penicetum rubrum family that's in there, that is classically a annual, not a perennial in our planting zone. Okay, I hate to tell you that, but um, but the Penicetum rubrums right now, people are actually going to the garden centers because it, if you know what it is, it's a purple fountain grass. It's got beautiful burgundy uh, leaf structures, but the little bottle brush uh, seed heads that are on the top of it give that that sort of um, fall romanticism of of just texture. And with fall, we get those. I guess we always think of the fall winds as a little bit more enticing because it gives that the grass heads a little bit of that dance that's above the foliage. So that's one thing that you actually spurred it is when I brought up the conversation of sort of fall planting, it's the time of even replacing some plants in our containers 
and one of my hit ones that would say to go into a container if you want to put something in there for a little umpa show would be the ornamental grasses because they're beautiful uh, welcoming, especially for a container at the front door. Okay? So Okay, set, thank you very much. You're welcome. Send us a picture if you want us to uh, confirm that that's on there. Otherwise, uh, have somebody read the tag for you, okay? Okay, good. Thank you. Okay, Bye. you're welcome. Thank you for calling in. Bye-bye. And this is, yeah, it's like, um, it brings us to mind, too, that uh, I know Mary's waiting, but if uh, we have, we have to read the tag. So just remember, it's a little hint that if you see some of these plants that are out there and the first bar across the top says perennial, um, flip the tag over. And if it doesn't say perennial and it's in a sort of a different area, um, find somebody that's either on staff or that and say, hey, what do you think of this? Because most of the people that are working in those garden centers um, will say, hey, that's, that says perennial, but you know what? It's not in our zone. Or, you know, maybe if they don't know, they'll direct you to that lead person in the garden center that says, that's a fabulous one for fall, but you know what? It's, it's not going to winter over that's in through it. So there's a little bit of a reminder how to read the tags in our industry. We're going to go right to the line. We're going to go to Mary. Hi. Good morning, Mary. Good morning. Good morning. And where are you calling from? From Bluminort. Bluminort. Oh, I know where you are. Good morning, Bluminort. I want to know, is it spring or is it fall? My mock orange is blooming. What? (laughs) (laughs) It's got blossoms on it. Wow. Okay. We sometimes see this because if a plant is under stress or out of cycle, it will sometimes, for some craziness that's around there, do a little bit of a different type of bloom. Now, it's probably, is it a very light budding and blooming? Yeah, very light. Very light, yeah. So I suspect that um, with the mock orange, I suspect that it's probably because it's had a little bit of a stress factor that's played on it okay 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 so i would I not have two mock oranges only one is is all of a sudden i saw this white spot and i thought what's that a flower <laughs> oh well you know what that that's i love mock orange you know if i could say that and everyone, it, it even smells like a mock orange so it smells like citrus blossoms it's not going like, to affect it for spring though is it well on those, if if it's a light fleck, yeah, there's of, about four blossoms on it. Okay, yeah, no, it's probably just that one little. It's Branch. giving you, it's giving you a last hurrah, yeah. Mary. It's saying, <laughs> "I'm still here. I'm beautiful." I thought, "Oh boy, I'm going to have all that nice smell out there." <laughs> yeah, no, it's giving you its last little hurrah to say, "I'm here and thank you," but um, don't do any shearing or pruning because normally we would be saying. If you want more blossoms and to shape your well, mock orange. Well, I pruned orange. it in spring yeah. after it, when it finished blooming. Yeah. So, so um, uh, I would just leave it alone. No more pruning, no more shaping okay. because you want you want that glorious white and that orange blossom scent for next spring. Okay. But the reason I called is yeah. for I have a green apple tree. It's called They're called green apples. Okay. And how do I store them? Like they're ripe and they're falling off and I'm canning them as they're falling, but I'd like to make some pies and I want the good apples. Okay, so you want to keep the apples longer. Do you have a? Um, do you have an extra? I don't know the variety, so I don't know a... Um, I can't find t- my tag. Okay, 
So, but they said have, it's a green cooking apple or a, a green pie, yeah. a baking apple. Yeah. Well, I would definitely store them cool. So if you have an extra fridge, uh, I don't. I would, you don't. My okay. fridges are full of cucumbers. Okay. Mm. <laughs> okay. So you do kickling cold water, not vinegar. You do fridge uh, pickles. They can't go in the cupboard. Well, they have to stay in the fridge. Uh, see, my my house is is floor heated, so everywhere it's it's heated. Okay. All right. Um, if you have anyone that has an extra fridge, you can share some and just sort of say, "I'll share with you," and maybe if I want so some, so can you just be in a cool place? They it will be cool, but even if you store them um, as cool as you can get is best because that's what keeps it fresh. The other thing is um, my mom would take the um, apples, morning mom, as take the apples and what you can do is peel them, slice them and freeze them sliced in the freezer. Put a little bit of lemon juice on them and pop in them in the freezer with them sliced, ready to use. So when you're pulling them out of the freezer, some of them are still going to have that brownish kind of look, but it's still going to have the sugar content. And when you cook it, it kind of goes brownie in that color brownie tone anyway, But it goes right? away. Yeah. When you're no, it doesn't go them, away. It just Yeah, you cook it, and it just kind of and, still... And they're nice and yellow. Yeah. So if you want to freeze a portion of them so that you have the security of knowing that they're ready to go for your um, apple crisp, apple bars, mm. you know, you could do a portion of it in a freezer. That's if you have room in your freezer. <laughs> well, that's not the thing. <laughs> <laughs> It sounds like, you know what, my daughter, uh, you know what, you just give me a little chuckle. My daughter just uh, texted me, uh, and by the way, she had her little baby girl. Oh, um, congratulations. And, yep, she's, this baby's only a few days old, and uh, she sends me a text, hey, mom, when are we going to, uh, would you come over and help me do uh, uh, pickled beets? And I'm just like, she just had a baby, and she wants to do pickled beets. But uh, yes. This is the season where we're harvesting and we're canning and we're freezing. So it's, it's tomatoes, cucumbers, beets, apples, <laughs> all I, at the same time. But you know what? There's nothing tastier than what you grow and you harvest. I know. And you enjoy. And uh, honestly, with the price of groceries that are on there, um, growing some f- fruits and vegetables. Uh, it's a beneficial thing in, within our growing season, so we have to keep it going. Okay. I know. Okay. That's why so I wanted, see the apples; they fall off every day. Well, so every day you should. And sh- I make sauce. Yes. But I wanted yeah. some that didn't fall, and there's some nice big ones up there. Yeah. Well, the ones that are falling are telling you I'm ready to go. I know. So, and so are the ones on the tree still. <laughs> yeah. So if you harvest, actually, if you do a little bit of the ones that you that are looking like they're ready to go and they're not dropping. There's a little bit of fir- more firmness to those. So those are the ones that are hanging on the tree but that will probably last longer um, earlier because they're not ripening on the tree longer. Okay? So they would last longer? I suspect I that they them? would. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I'll confer with my mom because my mom always, she's been doing apples for ages and ages. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, because a lot of times mom will store apples right on the counter or they go into the fridge downstairs. Okay? Mm, okay. Yeah. Hey, my mouth is watering for apple pie right now. <laughs> and is it, it, can I plant my peonies already? Transplant my peonies already? Yeah, I would probably say we're, uh, we're, we're ready? very much into it. Yep. Because I was ready at the beginning of August. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, now is the time. Now September, is the time. September is go time. 
All well, right. Do I have okay. to until September? <laughs> well, no, you're 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 four days away. Yeah. You're good. You're good to go. Just okay. remember, dig your hole twice as big and uh, uh, bone meal. We got it. And uh, uh, they're telling me, Mary, I'd love if you want to hang on. We'll uh, talk some more. But otherwise, they're telling me I got to take a quick little commercial here. No, okay, I'm done. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Call back so, again anytime. What do All right. I, thank do you, I Mary. Have to use bone meal. Uh, a good little nutrient base into it when you're transplanting is good. We'll talk about this when I come right back. Okay? All right. Thank you for calling. But yes, uh, if you're starting to think about your transitioning or uh, lifting and dividing and rejuvenating, because a lot you're just giving us a reminder that there is a lifespan of perennials lift, living in one complete area where you start to see a decline in either their blossoming or their effect or... Just think of irises. You originally plant them here in the next five years. They're like way out here. So it's sometimes where we lift, we split, we divide, we rejuvenate. And again, it goes back to creating a new beginning. And I always endorse putting a little bit of a nutrient in the bottom of the hole. Uh, Bone meal is a good nutrient source for getting those roots reactivated for growing so that it's uh, well sort of anchored before we go into winter. And there is another product that's out there. It's a mic. It's called Mike. It's a mycorrhizal that is good for, um, again, uh, actively adding nodules to the rooting system that kind of makes them kind of go, let's get growing. And that's what you want. You want good sustenance of those roots anchored in. Again, a good foundation on anything. Makes good promotion of growth on top. All right. I think we have Eva on the line that's waiting. Good morning, Eva. Good morning. Good morning. And where are you calling from? Altona. Well, hello and good morning to everyone in Altona. Yeah. You have a festival going out there, don't you? Oh, that's long gone. Oh, that's long gone? Oh, I think, oh, you know what? There's someone else that was telling me that they were going. Sorry, I've got my... Yeah, got yeah. My... Oh, yes, that was at the end of July. Okay. I've got my months mixed up here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I well, have a we help with our tomatoes. Okay. We have a lot of nice big tomatoes. I always plant the big beef. Yep. And uh, uh, for a number of years, we didn't have any problems. Now this year, last night, we picked off two three-gallon pails full of almost ripe tomatoes. This tomato that I'm holding in my hand is very, very bright red. And it's all full of black little holes. What does that well, you might have a bug that's sucking on the outer stems of it or the outer pitted sort of like a stink bug portion of it. That And have you sliced into it to see if it goes deep into it or is it just on the outer flesh? It's as hard as you can slice it. Oh, it, it you, it's as hard as a rock. Oh, okay. So I think you might have stink bugs that are been um, actively on your on your tomatoes. Okay. So if it's like it looks pitted on the outside, like little dots? Yes, yes, little black dots. Okay. Yeah. I, I, would right. say, I would say this tomato is as, uh, oh, it, it would be as big like, uh, like a nice delicious apple. Yeah. But it's all hard. And it's, it's got, I would say it's got about 30 of these little black dots on it. Yeah. It, it, it almost sounds... looks like smallpox. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah, I think you probably have 
<laughs> there's probably that most of those entry areas that's on there is probably from a insect that's been um, sucking the juices from that <laughs> that's on there. So uh, if you have any, um, if you can sort of, if you have any other t- bugs that are on there, water blasting off is probably number one measure that I take because then you're not taking the next step measure that's on there. But I would be giving, trying to give it a really good rinse off and blasting off if there's any residual that... I well, they had a good blasting off this week, Tuesday evening when we got... Oh, the point, rain. 1.2 yes. inches of rain. Wow. So they had a good blasting off then. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and, well, and, they got a, and they got a good scolding, too, from all that thunder and lightning. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like your spirit. Um, <laughs> well, you know, we were wondering, because we have a lot of grasshoppers where we have uh, that garden there. Yeah. And we got a lot of crickets. If yep. they could have been, been the cause of this. Uh, possibly. I'm going to investigate further onto that to see if it is. But generally, the sites of attack or sites where if you have something that's uh, sucking on the juices or um, penetrating into the skin of that is usually a, a sort of a history of uh, little dots or entry points that are on there. Mm-hmm. So, um, and you say they're super hard, right? Like oh, yes, open- they're super hard. And it's you use the beef, and beef steaks are not normally super hard. They're fleshy, but they're not. I know. Super hard. I, I know. You know. And the same plant uh, last night we picked off. They were they were three in a row there, and then we picked off another three nice big ones from the same plant, and they were nice. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, uh, so I think that plant must have been spooked. <laughs> Honestly, say when the when, when the Almighty uh, Tuesday evening when when he scolded that plant, I I don't know the, the, either these uh, tomatoes they got scared out of their wits or or well or, I would yeah or, or I, something happened in, in the dark there. Okay, but I wouldn't I would I prob I would probably investigate by cutting it open, seeing how far in that damage is done, yes. and in essence, if it's not further back into there. Um, I would totally still use them, except for I would probably, um, um, what do you call it, when you dunk them into hot water and peel the skins off. Yes, um, I know. Yeah, 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 you scalp them. You know, um, and then take your hard ones and mix them with your softer ones, and you have a perfect recipe for making salsa. (laughs) Well, you know, uh, you know, I did can eight quarts of very, very nice tomatoes yesterday in the forenoon. Even even then, there were a few tomatoes, nice big tomatoes. You couldn't see anything from the outside that there was anything wrong with them. I I peeled off like I scaled them in the boiling water. Yeah, yeah. And then I removed the skin very easily, and you should have seen the outside of that tomato. It was all covered with white dots. Yeah, those are indications. See. Now, when you see the white dots, that is an indication that something has been, um, you've been sharing your tomatoes. Something has been sucking on those juices because then the extraction is out there. So the fleshy, juicy portion has been removed. So Mm -hmm. that's another little indication, okay? Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, um, I always think of, I always uh, think that, you know, um, how can I say it? I eat raspberries off the vine. I just think of how much Oh, they're so delicious right off the vine. But I'm thinking of how much protein I maybe sometimes take in with that. 
Uh-huh. Okay, well, you know, we, we, we showed it with an elderly lady last night, and, and, and we figured she was older than we were. And, and she, she said so she had never seen anything like this. You know, we have, we have, uh, we have uh, uh, well, we really have three little gardens, and, yeah. and we got uh, some other tomatoes in a different patch, and we, we had no problem with, with, with rot blight. But yesterday we picked off two tomatoes. One, one, one wasn't nice and round because it was flat and black from the bottle. Well, that, 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 is, that, that, that is tomato blight. Yes, and, and the other one was nice and round, and it had six dark black spots at different places on it. Wow. Yeah. Isn't it, it's kind of interesting because we grow things, so we, we have our challenges, whether it's, uh, blossom end rot, or the the weather plays yeah. a little different, and it gives oh, us another entry. Yeah, weather weather plays a huge factor because weather will give us the moisture content or not, and weather plays a huge factor on um, seed production. It also plays a huge factor on our insects as well, mm-hmm. because you'll find that if we're very very dry, we have more grasshoppers. If we're yeah. a little bit more wet. Um, you know, we have got more mosquitoes and oh. other little things. Oh, so mosquitoes, they are out abundantly now after all this rain. Yeah, well, we have to, t- that's when we can get out in the garden during the day and not at dusk and morning. Yes, yes. Okay, well, yeah, okay. thank you for thank calling, Thank you very much, and may you and all the listeners have a blessed day. Thank you very much, and thank you for the giggles. That's very cute. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. Enjoy. All right, enjoy Bye-bye. your day. Bye-bye. You know what? This is great conversation. I hope you're all enjoying this because we're collectively gardeners that are sharing our stories and encouraging new growth that's on there. So it's all really good. So I think we have another caller on the line uh, that's here. I just uh, need the name of the person that's on here. I've got it. And yes, it is. Uh, Sorry, I had to scroll down here. I've been going away. Uh, Isabel. Hello, Isabel. How are you? Good, very good. good. And yes. where are you calling from? I'm calling from Gladstone. Well, good morning to everyone in Gladstone. How can we Thank help you. you this morning? I have a morning glory vine that I bought as a as a uh, plant this mm-hmm. spring, and it is growing quite well. But I have absolutely no blooms. Am oh. I still waiting for blooms, or have I not been doing something to encourage blooms well in um is your is your garden a new garden or is it an older garden the area that it is it it has been worked up for some time okay so it's an older established garden that's on there we Mm -hmm. yeah we sometimes find that some plants may not bloom because of different reasons um Sometimes it's the location of where it is, um, if they don't have enough sunlight or for deep, deep shade. But um, there could be the quality of the soil and the nutrients also play factor. We find um, if it's poor in nutrients, it will not bloom. If we find that we swing to the extreme other edge and are heavy in fertilizer with high nitrogen or by use of fresh uh, or new manures, which are very high in nitrogen, that will also cause 
prolific leaf structure and growth, but it kind of has a, a stalling effect on your blooming power where it, it will not produce the flower buds, but the plant itself gets really, really big that's on it. So that could be playing a factor that's on it. And is like, is there any scenario that you added new items or new soils to it? Early on, I was giving them probably once a week a little drink with Miracle Grow. Yeah, well, that. But should I be haven't not... done that for some time. Yeah, yeah. Well, that should not be it because that's that's. That doesn't sound like an abnormal thing to do because normally I would be fertilizing once a week on it because annuals are heavy feeders. They like having that. Um, It might just be a swinging weight. Sometimes just by some anomaly, some plants just don't bloom. So it could be that portion of it. I wouldn't be... um, I would maybe try again next year, or if it doesn't bloom again in the next year in that location, it could be that location, that there's something that's in there too as well that's causing it not to bloom. Is Morning Glory not a annual in our zones? It is. It is an annual, and it it should be in that category where it should bloom. But again, if there's anomaly where something is affecting that blooming habit that's on it, um, it will go through. Here's another thing, too. Do you see bud sets? No. No bud sets. Okay. Because just I'm trying, to, I'm trying to play through all my different scenarios because sometimes we get bud sets, but then we have a bug that gets into the bud set and it, it eats that bug set before it even, even opens up in pattern. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's not the scenario, too. Okay. <laughs> well, you've got me. I'm going to say it's just one of those things that are just... It's an anomaly, and sometimes it does happen in our, you know, in that category. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry to say, but if the foliage is lush and green and it's giving you that green matter, then it's beautiful I just too. enjoy the green growth. Then. Yeah, well, you know what? It is. And do you have it? Here's, here's a question. I always like seeing where people, do you have it on a pergola or do you have it on arbor or a trellis? A small trellis. Small trellis. Yeah, well, that, that sounds beautiful. Sounds beautiful. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, you know what? I'll investigate. I'll see if I can uh, give you some more answers next week. Okay. Okay. Thank you. All right. Thank All you right. for calling. Right. Enjoy your Have day. a good day. You too. Thank you for listening, everyone. We're into our second season of gardening, and we'll be back next weekend with a lot of questions. Bye-bye, everyone.